perilous times are coming, the Apostle Paul understood that in the last days, our familiar world will be rocked in unimaginable ways. And our response? We have to keep ourselves balanced to avoid becoming overcome with anxiety or despair. Proverbs 17.22 says that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And it's true that some people are an absolute tonic to be around, while others tend to pull us down. A sense of humor is a great safety valve. We have to learn to develop a sense of humor if we don't have one. And I've never met a great man or a great woman of God without a great sense of humor. And you know what? I think we need a booster shot from the Word of God concerning faith and divine healing. The Jerusalem Channel is made with the support of you, our viewers. Thank you for watching. Shalom, I'm Christine Dark. I want us to keep the faith. We can lose what we don't study and practice. I mean, we can become very rusty spiritually. Proverbs 9 in verses 11 to 12 declares that by wisdom, our days will be multiplied and the years of our life will be increased. So this teaches us that long life with divine health is greatly influenced by acquiring God's wisdom. The purpose of preaching and teaching is not discovering new revelation to tickle people's ears, but the purpose of preaching and teaching actually is to reinforce already existing biblical truths. And I think today, after so many lockdowns and talk about the coronavirus ad infinitum, we all need to focus on acquiring a booster of divine health. Of course, from the start of this video, it's important for me to voice a disclaimer concerning my videos on healing. I'm not a doctor or a nurse, nor do I intend to dispense medical advice. However, the Bible is a book about health and healing. So Bible expositors should be free to discuss this topic. And one of the greatest verses in the Bible concerning health and healing that covers all the bases is 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2. And let me share that precious verse with you today, one of my favorites. Beloved, John wrote, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Amen. This is one of my go-to verses because it's so plain to understand. And here we are, plain and simple. God wants his people to prosper physically and spiritually. One of the greatest truths of our faith is that the Lord is the great physician, and we believe that healing is part of the atonement that he personally agonized to procure for us paying for our sins with his own life's blood on the cross. And the scriptures say that by his stripes, by his scourging, we were healed. If we can only believe, receive, and appropriate that provision. 
Quoting Isaiah 53.5, the apostle Peter wrote that by his stripes we were healed, past tense. Bible healing is a physical thing, but there's also the spiritual aspect as well. Sickness can also be, we know, a spiritual condition. But look how practical is the Word of God when it comes to maintaining good health. For example, Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 1 to 2, King Solomon is speaking. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments, for they will add length to your days, years and peace to your life. So we learn that God's commandments in the Bible, when obeyed, will produce long life, and this is simply what the Bible teaches. Also, the fifth commandment, to honor one's parents, contains a Bible promise for long life. And that's found in Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, God says, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, let's look at verses 7 and 8, also of Proverbs chapter 3 where we're told not to be wise in our own eyes, but to fear the Lord and to depart from evil. And if we do that, these verses say, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Well, that's King James Version, but the Amplified reads, it will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all of your inward parts, and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. And we're just told that uh, the Word of God is medicine to all of our flesh. So here we learn from God's Word that when we do right and follow the Lord's precepts, we can expect to live in good health. It's important very often, especially before taking Holy Communion, to do our own spiritual checkup as to whether or not we are actually following and obeying God's word. And in Proverbs chapter 16, we learn that pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweet and delightful to the soul and healing to the body. But there's a way which seems right to a person, but its end is the way of death. So we have to be careful that we are not trafficking in the occult or engaging in substance abuse. We're on safe ground with the Bible. It's a book about Jesus as the great healer. And the Apostle Peter testified to this in Acts 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Amen. We see healing throughout both Testaments of the Bible. A very important verse is Exodus 15, 26, where God said, If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commandments, and keep all of His statutes, God says, I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. That's one of his covenant names, the Lord our healer. Now, let's go through the Gospel of Matthew in the New Testament to discover just how true this is. 
that Jesus is our great physician. In Matthew 4.23, it's recorded that the Lord healed every disease. And in the Bible, there are two types of diseases. Those written in the book and those diseases that are mentioned in the law, in other words, and those not written in the book of the law. But here we read that Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of disease amongst the people. So those written in the law and those not even written in the law, he healed them all. You name it. In Matthew chapter 8, a leper was healed, which was a true messianic miracle, healing lepers that the rabbis were supposed to recognize. And a paralytic was healed even from a distance. Next, the apostle Peter's mother-in-law was healed of a fever. And in verses 16 and 17, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to Jesus, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick and fulfilling what was spoken about him through the prophet Isaiah, he took our infirmities and carried our diseases. Going on in Matthew chapter 9, we encounter a woman with an issue of blood. She had it for 12 years. She was healed when she touched the fringe of Jesus' garment. Also in this chapter is the raising from the dead of the daughter of a synagogue leader and the healing of two blind men, more messianic miracles. Furthermore, in Matthew chapter 9, a man possessed by devils was delivered. Another paralytic was healed. And in verse 35, it's recorded that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing. Again, it says, every disease and sickness. Moving on to Matthew chapter 12, a man with a withered hand was healed. And in verse 15, it says that the multitudes, large crowds, followed Jesus. And he healed them all. And this was to fulfill another prophecy spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Behold my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench, till he leads justice to victory. And in his name, the nations will put their hope. Hallelujah. Also in Matthew 12, 22, a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed the man so that he could see and speak. So the crowds were astounded, and they asked, could this be the son of David? But they should have known he was the Messiah because of these messianic, unprecedented miracles. Matthew 14, 14 mentions yet another great multitude on which the Lord had compassion and healed their sick. And in verse 36, we read that they begged him to let them merely touch the fringe of his robe, and all who touched it were perfectly restored. Somehow, I had not seen the detail in this verse previously. I knew about the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years who was healed by touching the fringe of his garment. But I was also delighted to learn that she was not the only person who was healed just by touching the fringe of the garment of Jesus. This passage in Matthew 14 concerns Jesus healing everybody at 
Gennesaret on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. And when the people of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding region and they brought all the sick to him. And they begged him just to let them touch the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched him were healed. Isn't that marvelous? Well, in Matthew chapter 15 is the well-known story of the healing of the daughter of the Canaanite woman. Although Jesus came principally to the house of Israel, nevertheless, he responded to the faith of this Gentile woman's plea on behalf of her daughter who was demon-possessed. And once again, Jesus healed somebody from a distance. After commending her great faith, the woman's daughter was healed from that very hour. Moving on from there, Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee again, and in Matthew 15, verses 29 to 30, are some of my favorite healing verses because they're so comprehensive. He went up on a mountain and sat down, and large crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the maimed, that means missing limbs, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. They were laid at his feet, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled and the maimed restored, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they glorified the God of Israel. This was just unprecedented in history. Throughout the remainder of the Gospel of Matthew, we also see a demon-possessed epileptic healed in chapter 17, and even more of the blind and lame who were healed. In Matthew 21, 14, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple in Jerusalem, and he healed them there. But the chief priests and scribes were indignant when they saw these wonders being performed. Well, these miracles that I've mentioned from the Gospel of Matthew are also recorded in the Gospel of Mark, as well as in the Gospel of Luke. But Luke, the physician, also records the raising of the only son of the widow of Nain, as well as the healing of the ear that was severed in the Garden of Gethsemane the night Jesus was betrayed and arrested. Luke the physician reports in Luke 4.40, all who were ill with various diseases were brought to Jesus, and he laid his hands on each one and healed them that way. And demons also came out of many people shouting, you are the son of God. But Jesus rebuked the demons and would not allow them to speak. In Luke chapter 7, we also encounter the great faith of a Roman centurion. He had tremendous faith because he asked Jesus only to give his word and the centurion's servant would be healed. He said he didn't expect Jesus even to have to come to his house, but only speak the word, he said, and my servant shall be healed. Well, Jesus marveled at this level of faith. Turning to the crowds that always followed him, Jesus said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. And when the messengers returned to the house, indeed, they found the centurion's servant in good health. And in the Gospel of John, we also have other messianic miracles, including a paralytic who had been diseased for 38 years. And the amazing chapter of John 9 we have the amazing healing of the man who was blind from birth. Furthermore, in the book of Acts, 
The Lord's disciples and apostles are in great action all the time, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, and raising the dead. Even the shadow of the apostle Peter healed the sick. And in Acts chapter 8, the crowds in Samaria gave their undivided attention to Philip the evangelist and to the signs and the wonders he performed. With loud shrieks, unclean spirits came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Time doesn't permit to review all the healings performed by the Apostle Paul, but it's notable that even handkerchiefs taken from his body were saturated with the healing anointing so that people were healed and miracles were performed and demons cast out by the application of the cloths, as recorded in Acts 19.12. It's time we start believing Hebrews 13.8 that Jesus the Messiah is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do we believe it? Well, we've got to keep the faith. The Lord is our healer, and let's not hesitate to go to Him. We will be invincible as long as His purposes for us are ongoing. I like what Bishop J.C. Ryle once said from Liverpool. He said, all the powers of the world cannot take away my life until God permits it. And all the physicians of earth cannot preserve it when God calls me away. So we also want to say boldly to the nations that gods or goddesses, enchantments or sorcery or any other alternatives cannot save you nor genuinely heal you. And all your gold or money or wealth cannot buy health. It is the gift of God. A professing Christian wrote to me asking, Would you please remember me in prayer for protection against spells from enemies who fight against my destiny and calling through enchantments and sorceries? My reply to him was, You claim to be a believer? You don't need my prayers for this. Instead, learn Proverbs 26.2, which says the curse causeless shall never come. And one translation renders Proverbs 26.2 as curses cannot hurt you unless you deserve them. They are like birds that fly by and never light. Amen. And as I look back over four decades plus, of years of ministry, I have passed through innumerable tests, trials, and physical attacks from time to time on my health as part of spiritual warfare. But through it all, the Lord has proven faithful, loving, and totally true to His healing promises. Hallelujah. I give Him glory. Now, let's discuss for a moment what the Bible teaches concerning how healing actually comes. You see, let's not just coexist with our infirmities, but let's have the faith to pursue the Lord for His healing power. In the New Testament, there are great examples of people who pursued the Lord's healing power. There are six recorded occasions when the Lord healed the blind, which, of course, was one of the great Messianic miracles prophesied in the Hebrew Bible. When Jesus healed the blind beggar Bartimaeus in Jericho in Mark chapter 10, Jesus said that Bartimaeus' own persistent faith had caused his healing. If Bartimaeus had just continued to sit silently by the road while Jesus passed by, he would probably have remained blind. 
However, as Jesus was passing by, Bartimaeus called out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd tried to shut him up, but he only called louder. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Take courage, the people said to Bartimaeus. He's calling for you now. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And of course, Jesus knew exactly what the blind man wanted, but it was necessary to hear the confession of his need and for Bartimaeus to proclaim his faith in the power that was present there to heal him. And so the blind man answered, Rabboni, meaning my rabbi, let me receive my sight. Rabboni means literally my master. It was a more respectful mode of address than the simpler form rabbi. And Bartimaeus' faith was accepted. He received his sight and he immediately followed Jesus in the way. Now, according to James 5.15, it is the prayer of faith that saves the sick and it's the Lord who raises him up. And if the person has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. We also need to learn this. Healing often comes by sending God's word into a situation. We see that in Psalm 107, verse 20. It's so powerful. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So when we're feeling ill or when one of our loved ones is ill, why be passive? Let's keep the faith. Let's rise up and send God's word into the situation. Of course, healing can come through a doctor. The Bible doesn't have a lot to say about doctors. The healing emphasis is upon, rather, the Lord, our physician. But Jeremiah 8.22 does mention doctors. That verse asks, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Well, we honor doctors and nurses. They are often part of God's healing team, I say. But the Bible teaches that Jesus is greater than doctors. And we learn this in the account of the woman with the issue of blood. I've already mentioned that account in this healing review of the Gospel of Matthew. But the Gospel of Mark also records the healing of the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years. The text in Mark 5.26 says, that she had borne much agony from many physicians and she had spent all of her resources on them, but to no avail. Instead, her condition had only grown worse. But when she heard of Jesus, Yeshua is his Hebrew name, with stealth, she came in the press behind him and dared to touch his garment. For she said, if I can only touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straight away, sure enough, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she sensed in her body that she was immediately healed of that plague. And Yeshua, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of his person, turned around in the press of the crowd and said, who touched my garments? Well, his disciples were incredulous that he would ask that because of the great crowds pressing him on all sides. But he had nevertheless felt healing virtue going out to somebody that had touched him in faith. Hallelujah. Faith is the key. 
while the woman, fearing and trembling, fell down before him. But Jesus said to her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Hallelujah. Well, in the Bible, we also have the example of healing that can come when an anointed minister recognizes faith in somebody to be healed. This is marvelous when it happens. And we have an example in Acts chapter 14. A lame man was listening to the apostle Paul preach. And Paul looked intently at him. And Paul perceived that the man had faith to be healed. So no doubt under a strong anointing, Paul called to him in a loud voice to stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. That's the gift of miracle working faith and the gift of healing in action. Unbelief is our biggest hindrance. And we have a big warning in the New Testament in Hebrews 3.12, which came to my attention just yesterday. And it's such a powerful verse. When I heard it again, I thought, yes, I must mention this. It says, take heed, brethren, lest there be found in any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. Here we're told that unbelief means we have an evil heart. Most people don't think of it that way, but it's true. Also, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, that is in the theater of our minds, Psalm 66, 18 warns that the Lord simply will not hear us. It's recorded in the New Testament that Jesus denounced the towns where he had freely performed so many of his miracles because the people had not repented of their sins and had not really turned to God. So, my dear brothers and sisters, let your faith be activated and boosted today. Our Heavenly Father and Jesus our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we must keep the faith in our generation. He is our healer. I try to consult him first before consulting any physician. Now is the time to turn to the Lord. How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation that the Lord procured for us on Jerusalem's cross? If you haven't yet turned to Jesus in faith, now is the time to heed the storm warnings all around us and run to the Savior who promises eternal life to all who will call upon him. Amen. My hope today is that I've inspired you to further thought and study. The Bible says, again, I want to mention in the book of Proverbs that pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So I hope my words today have been pleasant and healing to you and bringing health to your overall spiritual and physical well-being. Also, I want to draw your attention to our website, exploits.tv, which offers you news on current and end-time events and prayer pointers regarding both the church and the nation of Israel. At our website and Jerusalem channel YouTube site, you'll find a library of videos 24-7 to watch anytime. And we encourage you to do exploits based upon Daniel 11.32b, which declares that people who know their God will be strong and will accomplish exploits, meaning will fulfill the works of the Lord in the remaining time before his imminent return. I want you to feel free to share your thoughts with me on social media. And don't forget to download our free Jerusalem Channel mobile app for your phones or tablets. In the meantime, I'll always be contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem. The Lord is at hand.
Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, the grace of the Lord be with you. I'm Christine Darig. Shalom.